This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. I am back. And I just want to say at the very beginning of the show, in a day where so many are proclaiming their own pronouns, and if you don't use the right pronouns, and they can change on a daily basis, that you can be sued for not using the proper pronouns. You can lose your livelihood. So here's what I'm going to do. Not only am I going to announce my, uh, my pronouns, but I'm going to announce I'm going to claim my own adjectives and my own interjections since people are uh, claiming their own parts of speech. So, for instance, whereas uh, if you were born with a vagina and you uh, most commonly referred to as a she or a her, now that is different. So somebody can say, I'm a they. All right, so there you go. So that's fine. If you want to play by those rules, then my adjectives are awesome and excellent. All right, and then my interjections are hell and yeah. All right, so let's just start this over again. If I walked into a a room like I was Kamala Harris, God forbid, uh, I would say, hello, my name's Rob. My uh, pronouns are he and man. Uh, my adjectives are awesome and excellent, and my interjections are hell and yeah. And if you say anything other than that, if you call me anything but awesome and excellent, I will sue you to the ends of the earth for not using my proper adjectives. And then if you don't see me and say hell yeah, then you are not using my proper interjections, and I can sue you and end your career. Is that okay? I think let's do that. While we're just focusing on the absurdity of everything out there, let's just give them a little bit of what they're asking for. If you, uh, if you think you can name your own pronouns and have professors fired because they didn't call you a them. <laughs> there you go. Right? Am I right? This is, this is the absurdity of living in, uh, in 2022. So uh, I'm glad to be back. I want to thank Mary Walter for filling in for me on Friday. Um, I have had, and I, I thought I originally, I didn't know what the hell it was, uh, 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 a lot of sneezing. Uh, uh, I've had a very rough spring and summer with regard to what I can only be, assume is ragweed pollen. I, that's what I've heard. Uh, and it has been really brutal this season. And it start, normally I'm just allergic to cats. But uh, now all of a sudden, I'm, uh, I guess I'm allergic to ragweed, or maybe it's global warming. I don't, it, could be glo- it could be climate change that I am experiencing. Uh, regardless, I seriously need to probably consider a ginger, gender change. Uh, but no, I had uh, allergies. I was sneezing and wheezing on Thursday. On Friday, I, I probably could have worked, but there's nothing worse, really, on the radio. I mean, other than, you know, Air America, but they're out of business. But uh, hearing somebody who's congested, coughing, sneezing, and sniffling. 
So that's why I took off the uh, the day on Friday and let Mary take over. Did go to uh, lovely Neola, Iowa, my hometown, for my family reunion and uh, and had a wonderful time there seeing a lot of folks. First family reunion since my mother passed away about a year and uh, four months ago. So it was it was good to see everybody. A lot of stuff, uh, a lot of talk about, um, well, my family's fairly, uh, they're very blue collar. Uh, they are um, very uh, middle class to lower middle class. Uh, you know, farmers, uh, people who work hard, people who, uh, one, one, my cousin Mike's a military recruiter, and all of them are talking about the country and where the country is going and how bad things are and how bad the economy is. And even though the Biden administration is saying there's no recession, what is this recession thing? I mean, <laughs> recession. I, I know that for the last 50 years that we've been using this uh, term for recession, which is two quarters of negative growth, and realizing, of course, when Joe Biden took office that uh, the GDP was 6%, and now it's negative 1.9%, and we haven't recovered all of the jobs that were lost during COVID, which were caused by government shutdowns and all of that. Uh, but, you know, now we've got this thing that some people are saying is recession, but honestly, right now, uh, we're, we just decided to change the word. So... You're really not experiencing anything at all. You're just imagining all of the things that you are going through right now, including the uh, enormous pain of going to fill your car with gas or going to the grocery store, which costs a whole hell of a lot more. And I'm going to get into all of these things. Also, I came up with a new expression this weekend. It's called psychosexual assault. And that's what women in the United States are going through right now by the Democrat, the Democrat Party, the party that says it's for women. And the only reason they say they're for women is because they are down with abortion until the baby is born. And that's what apparently is being for women is all about, and it ends right there. Everything else, forget about it. If your daughter has been competing her entire life in track and field, and she is one of the best in her field in track and field, and some kid is a junior who was a boy who has failed, decides to become a girl, and beat your daughter uh, in, the, in the latest meet and keep her from getting a scholarship and ruin her chances of a state title or a college championship or an All-American status, all of that pales by comparison to the boy who couldn't compete with boys who became a girl, and the Democrat Party is down with that. They are completely cool with that. And I call it psychosexual assault because it has all of the hallmarks of sexual assault, kind of like two quarters of negative GDP equals recession, all of the hallmarks of sexual assault without the physicality of it. And I know that sounds, what, what? Well, that's why I put psychosexual in front of it because it's psychological. The psychological assault of women by men and Democrats and leftists saying, that's cool. We're perfectly fine with it. I mean, it's abusive. It is abusive. I, I talked about Leah Thomas. Leah Thomas did not just uh, become a woman, and he's never been a woman, will never be a woman, by the way. I hate to tell you this. Six billion. No. Six, it, I think it's six. No, it might be six trillion. Six trillion chromosomes in his body say, uh, Dude, dude, not a woman, okay? Dude. But the teammates for uh, Leah Thomas's team said, uh, you know, hey, we don't, we're not comfortable with this guy in the locker room. We certainly aren't comfortable with this guy beating the snot out of all of us who work so hard. But the left-wing media and the Democrat Party said, you are transphobic. So you had these women who are uh, fearful, uh, uh, assaulted, mentally, in the locker room, assaulted, in the swimming pool, 
by a man who claimed victory to the point that even the even the person who tied Leah Thomas, who we'll hear from later in the show, who had swam as a woman her entire life, uh, she she uh, took tied tied Leah Thomas, and Leah Thomas got the trophy that they had on hand, and the one for the same place that was a duplicate. Well, the female swimmer had to wait for it in the mail. Said, you know what? We need Leah to have this for the photo op, and we'll send you yours. So we got that going on. We got the president of the United States. He has COVID again. President of the United States last week, he uh, he went after uh, Donald Trump for COVID. He did. He went after Donald Trump last week. He was doing a victory dance and saying that Donald Trump is so weak, even though this guy can barely uh, put together a sentence. But here's Joe Biden last week on COVID. Here's the bottom line. When my predecessor got COVID, he had to get helicoptered to Walter Reed Medical Center. He was severely ill. Thankfully, he recovered. When I got COVID, I worked from upstairs at the White House and the offices upstairs. And uh, for the... Well, I would exactly call it working. That five-day period. The difference is vaccinations, of course. Yeah. Well, Joe Biden got uh, two vaccines and two boosters. And guess what? He tested positive for COVID again. This despite the fact that he took this uh, Pfizer BioNTech, uh, the vaccine, a couple of times, took the boosters a couple of times, and took FDA-approved medication that has got, uh, well, it's, it's made a hell of a lot of money for the uh, for Big Pharma. Yeah, this, uh, this wonderful stuff, this Paxlovid, which my biological sister is on right now uh, because she has COVID. Uh, Paxlovid, it turns out, uh, brings down the immune system and makes you more susceptible to things like COVID. So we've got uh, all of this on the plate. Plus, we'll get to uh, China. Nancy Pelosi, of course, in Singapore, I guess, this morning. The possibility that she might go to Taiwan. And this, of course, has uh, China uh, saber-rattling. And this is serious crap, man. I'll, I'll just be honest. This is really, really, really serious stuff. China's Red Army releasing a video of missile strikes and ground invasions in uh, another thinly veiled threat to Pelosi after it was real, revealed that she would definitely be flying to Beijing. See, this is what happens when you broadcast weakness around the world. I was thinking about this weekend. What, what, would, what would Trump do? What would Trump do? What would Trump do? WWTD. And, and it would have been, this would have never happened. We'd never be in this situation. It would have never happened. We would still be energy uh, independent. We would still be, uh, the, we would not be in a war with, uh, or Russia would not be in a war with, uh, with Ukraine. And China would not be saber rattling and doing this sort of nonsense. But you know what? We've got a guy in the White House who doesn't have a brain. He is uh, he is a puppet who is being controlled by a previous president and a lot of people from his previous regime. And we're putting ourselves into a great deal of danger worldwide. And honestly, the last thing you want from this administration, you remember when, uh, wasn't it, wasn't it uh, uh, Barack Obama said that, you know, if, if they decide to put uh, chemical weapons in Syria, that's, that's, a, that's a red line. We're drawing a line in the sand. Well, now uh, lines in the sand from the Biden administration are meant to be stepped over by our enemies. China has drawn the line in the sand this time, and they're saying that if you allow Nancy Pelosi and her plane to come into Taiwan tomorrow, uh, escorted by U.S. fighters, that is an act of war, and we will shoot it down. And we will shoot it down. Now, I've got some thoughts on this. We've got Gordon Chang. He's going to be joining us later in the show. He's making a special appearance on the radio program, and he is an expert on uh, China-U.S. policy, for as uh, academic as that sounds. He just has the answers. 
he has the answers that you're uh, you're looking at. So we've got a lot of stuff on the uh, on the show today. An update on the Arizona primaries. Carrie Lake is now like 20 points ahead of the non-Trump endorsed candidate for governor. There, uh, you've got this uh, oh the gigantic scandal in the UK where they're shutting down a giant clinic that has done gender uh, transition for young children, and they're seeing the folly of this, and uh, and uh, and it's coming to America hopefully very soon. So uh, that, and then your phone calls, guys, at 800-922-6680, 800-922-6680. On the way, all of the argument about the recession we're having and all of the Democrats saying that what you're seeing is not real despite all your suffering, that and much more on this Monday edition of the Rob Carson Show. Back in a few. to a record-setting president, Joe Biden setting record low approval ratings. What the Democrats have put our nation through, it is a sad day. It's the Rob Carson Show. All signs are that this is a strong economy and the probability of a recession within the next year is not particularly elevated. It's a strong economy and, and nothing about it suggests that it's that it's close to or vulnerable to a recession. I don't expect a recession. Yeah. No, no one is predicting a recession now we are not expecting that we are already in the recession in fact the guts that's okay because uh, during the last administration at this point in the administration uh men were still people who were uh, uh had penises and testicles and the bones of this economy remain strong these are not the marks of an economy in recession right. they're changing everything now we don't see a recession right now that is not where woman used to be uh, ovaries uh let's see fallopian tubes uh uterus We're not in a recession right now this is not an economy that's in recession not only is a recession not inevitable but i think that a lot of people are underestimating those strengths and the resilience of the american economy we have a strong labor market which you don't normally see in a recession yeah, in a recession except for the only problem the, the labor market is uh, very strong because people are coming out of retirement to work because they're starving and uh, people are getting third and then second and third jobs by the way if you want a clarification here's jim gossett new song called recession a recession that is what we're in no one can deny well paul krugman did the white house is attempting spin but the numbers do not lie yeah but the White House does. The GDP was negative for two quarters in a row. <laughs> yeah. That's a recession. Yeah, generally. And it's always been time to face the music, Joe. Didn't know which way to you face. You see, it's still a recession by any other name. Biden's denial is lame. <laughs> a recession, that is what we've got. Joe and Janet yelling are lying a lot. We're smoking a pot. Recession by any other name. La la la. La la. There you go. That is uh, Jim Gossett. <laughs> two S's and two T's. JimGossettComedy.com. Uh, yeah, recession is two quarters of negative growth. That's just the way it always has been. You know, it's just the, the way it is. And and they're so audacious with their lives. They just think they can suddenly. I mean, honestly, they really think they're getting away with this. They really do. They think that the uh, the slavish media is going to carry their water, and generally they do. They really, really do. And to the point they would actually be willing to destroy what little, uh, I guess, um, Reputation you have as an economist, for instance, Paul Krugman, New York Times columnist, Nobel Prize winning economist. What the hell does it take to get a Nobel Prize these days? I mean, seriously? 
So and Paul, Paul uh, uh, Krugman, he says that there's no uh, recession. And this is honestly, this is uh, absolutely false. It is completely arguably false. And they've, consequently, he's taken a lot of heat over the uh, over the uh, interweb this weekend, and he should, and he should never be heard from again as a as a columnist or as an economist. Are we in a recession, and does the term matter? Say, is that Brian Stelter's show? <laughs> uh, no, we aren't, and no, it doesn't. I mean, the... Uh, <laughs> One sentence, that was it, huh? <laughs> yeah, that was it. Okay, good enough for me. Let's move on to other stuff. It's, it's uh, uh, none of the usual criteria that real experts use so oh, now it's real experts. <laughs> that we're in recession right now. And what does matter? What you know, The state of the economy is what it is. Uh, yeah, it sucks. Uh, jobs are abundant, although maybe. Yeah, again, second and third jobs are coming back from retirement. The, the job market is weakening. Inflation is high, though maybe inflation is coming down. What does it matter whether you use the R word or not? The R, now they're calling it the R word. This is so fantastic. You know, there are several words in the English language. It, it's really funny. Uh, R used to be for ride. Or, uh, you know, there are a million words to start with R, right? So now it's just the R word. It's like the N word. There are a million words and no one, nowhere, not. Those things, uh, you're all N words, but there's only one N word, right? And the F, F, they, they're Frank and, uh, 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 no, it's fallacious of the, the PH, I guess. But anyway, there's a million words to start with F. There's only one F word. Now we've gone from only one N word, only one F word. Now there's only one uh, R word, and that's definitely not what we're going through right now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Paul Krugman won a uh, uh, Nobel Memorial Prize in Economic Sciences in 2008 for his uh, contribution to the evolution of international trade theories. This is one of those things at the Oscars that is the very end of the... No, not no. Like right in the middle, buried in the telecast and sometimes not even broadcast. It's like this guy's getting the uh, the, the, the uh, Memorial Prize for Evolution of inter- International Trade Theories. That's like the foreign language film of the Oscars. He has, however, long carried a reputation of being overconfident in his economic and social predictions, many of which have proven to be wholly incorrect. Wholly incorrect. Managing director of investment firm Teal Capital and mathematical physicist Eric Weinstein uh, tweeted about him, reason, fact, analysis, total BS, a fact, a lie, fact. Yeah, and then uh, uh, a whole bunch of other people have gone after uh, Mr. Krugman about this. And it's convenient when we are in a recession, suddenly they decide to uh, change the term. The headline from the uh, UK Daily Mail, we live in an Orwellian hellscape. Facebook fact checks top economists for stating America is in a recession. What else has Facebook uh, told you is verboten? Well, you can't talk about the 2020 election. You couldn't say anything about Hunter Biden's laptop. You couldn't say anything about any kind of treatment for COVID. For COVID, only Paxlovid. After Paxlovid was okayed and the government gave the uh, pharmaceutical company that makes Paxlovid a bleep ton of money. uh, Just a ton of money. Philip Magnus, the research and education director at the American Institute for Economic Research, believe the U.S. is in recession. But uh, Facebook placed a fact-checking label on a post written by this guy saying that the United States is in a recession. And this guy says that Facebook has turned America into an Orwellian hellscape. No, we've just become a whole hell of a lot like uh, Cuba and a whole lot like North Korea. Yeah. Big time. Here is uh, Austin Goolsby, former economic advisor for Obama. 
You know, you you kind of put him in a gotcha situation, Neil. We, we're we're old friends, but I think you put him in a gotcha on Neil Cavuto show. Just situation where there was literally nothing he could say. There's obviously inflation. Inflation is not a recession. Inflation makes people upset. Consumer confidence has oh, upset. It's the first time in forty years. Has been quite low since there's been inflation. Since gas prices were higher. Uh-huh. <laughs> That doesn't mean that we should call it a recession. No, I it's think something else. The, well, what is your definition? Now, if, uh, if Donald Trump were in office, oh, hell yeah, it would have been a recession after the first quarter. It probably would have been like a, a, a recession last February, right after the, uh, the swearing-in ceremony. All right, so got more on this coming up. Uh, your calls are welcome at 800-922-6680, a Monday edition of The Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. This is Rob Carson show. I am under the influence of uh, Claritin D, actually. And it works pretty nicely. Um, so I want to mention something real quick. Dick Morris has got this wonderful new book. It's called The Return, and it is in bookstores everywhere. And it's talking about, the return is about Donald Trump's returning to the White House, which I hope and pray uh, will happen in 2024. I think it will. Dick Morris thinks it will. A lot of people people think he will. And uh, he said that there are three threats that Donald Trump still faces. And if you'd like to find out about it and read the book, and, and Dick Morris is spot on, much more so than Paul Krugman. With regard to the economy, you can get the return, which is in bookstores everywhere, and you can uh, get it for free. All you got to do is go to thereturn911.com today. If you do that, it would be huge. Thereturn911.com. You're going to see some information about the Newsmax newsletter, which is awesome, and then uh, also the opportunity to get this book for free. So thereturn911.com, thereturn911.com. So... I was talking to Brian, my producer, uh, off the air, and he says, well, what the heck is a recession if they're going to redefine a recession? If they're going to take what has always been a definition of a recession, which is two quarters of negative growth, which means the economy contracts and gets smaller, what are they going to recall it? What are, the, when are they going to, you know, what are they going to redefine it as? And I said, very simply, they're going to keep that part the same. They're going to say a recession is when the economy contracts in a negative fashion, well, which is always the case, uh, uh, for two quarters in a row when a Republican is president. That's the new definition. So it's going to keep that part of the same, but it's only a recession if a Republican (laughs) is in office. Here's a little bit more from Austin Goolsby, which, I mean, is a perfect name for this guy. Used to be uh, economic advisor for for, uh, Barack Obama, presumably still is behind the scenes. I think the... Well, what is your Whether definition of recession? I know the National Bureau of Economic Research, that they, they come up, these eight economists, with uh, charting the beginning and the yeah, end of recession. I get that. Do, what do you look at, Austin? When you were in the Obama administration, what did you look at? I don't look to come up with, with the phrase, is that a recession or not a recession? So, so now I guess we're going to just get rid of recession altogether. Recession talk altogether. Everything negative about the economy, when a Democrat is president, will be stricken from the record. I think where you are correct. Because you knew it was. You knew when you came into office, no, it was a recession. In, there was no this, doubt, right? You can't, 
We've never had a recession. There was a recession when George Bush was a president and Barack Obama was running for president. It was the worst recession in the whole world. In the United States, where jobs were growing. So on that point, I think they're right. We haven't been in a recession. I said uh, a couple months ago, I said, if you think that the best and brightest are in government, you might be right in a couple of cases, but by and large, uh, no. No, no, no. If you got people in government who say things like this, uh, they're morons, all right? Uh, if you look at practically every sector of the federal government right now, who's in control of those sectors, whether it be the border, whether it be transportation, what do you see? You see idiots. You see uh, career bureaucrats or academics who know nothing. Paul Krugman, not a member of the administration, but still uh, academic uh, moron, complete and utter moron. And you can, you can stumble your way through government. You can stumble your way into a Nobel Prize for being complete moron. Uh, it is remarkable. And you and I know what a recession is. We've been going through it. And I said this last week. I would venture to say that the, the, the first signs of recession are not two-quarters of negative growth. Those are the final signs that it is truly a recession. The other signs, you're already living through. You are already living through them, and you've been living through them for more than a year. This is the CEO of Home Depot, where I give about 10% of my annual income. Uh, you know, normally that's what people do with the church, and I would encourage that. But 10% of my income generally goes to Home Depot just out of uh, happenstance because they keep moving into old houses. Anyway, here is the CEO of Home Depot who is in the thick of it all. He sees it every single day, people cutting back, some people uh, probably uh, using their credit cards more than they normally would. The Ken, Ken Langone talking about uh, the U.S. being in recession. You have 200 basis points or two full percentage points more than inflation, and we're carrying a 9% or so inflation rate. You would have to get up to that level just to sort of counter it. Now, I guess the Fed is hoping that by raising interest rates again and again. And this is an old formula. It's the only thing the Fed can do. It's the only thing that the only playbook the Democrats have. And we've gone through this before. The Democrats see the economy needs help. So what they do is they refer to uh, Roosevelt, Theodore Ro or, or uh, uh, Franklin Roosevelt, the New Deal. That's what they're trying to do. It is a glorified version of the WPA. It is, uh, is sending money to their cronies to uh, fill in potholes, dig holes, and then fill them in. And what ultimately happens is an abundance of spending and, uh, and the, the dollar is cheap and then inflation rises. And when inflation rises, they raise the interest rates. Here we go again. And again, they don't have to go that high. That will slow the economy enough um, that you'll never see the interest rates you did when you were founding, you know, Home Depot. I'm just wondering, is that doable? Because that's a, that's a mighty task. Sure, sure, sure it's doable. Paul Volcker took interest rates up to over 20% right. to stop the back of inflation in 81 and 82. Of course it's doable. It's painful. Remember those days, kids? I don't. I was, uh, I was in uh, middle school. It's particularly painful in an election year where you want to get reelected. But that's not our problem. That's the politician's problem. Ding, ding, ding. You're right. The fact of the matter is we need to figure a way out to snap the back of inflation. Inflation is destructive. Go look at countries like Venezuela, oh, yes. Colombia, oh, yeah. Argentina, sure. Brazil. Mm -hmm. When you get rampant inflation, trust me, you have social unrest because the, the poorest people, the people that work the hardest, the people who have the least are the ones that get punished the most. And that's what the people in charge want. This is the class of 1968. More than four in 10 Americans have been forced to cut back on habits and items, including the amount of groceries they purchase.
as a result of Bidenflation. They're calling it Bidenflation. Could be Bidenpression. Cost of basic items, food, rose in more than 9%. I, I just heard that July's inflation was the highest it's ever been, <clears throat> at least in 50 years. Food uh, rose 10.4% in the last year. Energy costs have risen 41%. Gasoline, 60% last year after it had already risen a great deal, over 100%. Everybody's celebrating. You know, I went up and filled up my gas tank. It was about $4 a gallon. It's like, hallelujah, it's 65 cents cheaper than it was a couple weeks ago. But it's still $2.13 higher than it was last year when, or the year before when Donald Trump was the president. Here is uh, the brutal toll of inflation under Biden's leadership. American families, listen to this. This isn't a big deal to people who live in Washington, D.C. This isn't a big deal to the ruling class. American families, on uh, the average, per year, $5,915 more on everyday items. 45 products, most Americans uh, burning a hole in the pockets of the average herbage shopper. Consequently, people are, uh, are dropping them from the menu. Eggs up 33%, chicken 18%. Men's suits, which I only have to wear for job interviews and funerals. Uh, and haven't been to a few, well, I went to a funeral last year. Anyway, 24.9% for a suit kind of makes uh, getting a job a little harder. Uh, as a result, Americans have cut back on everything from entertainment to groceries to travel to make ends meet. About one-third are using their credit cards to fill the gap. That is a recipe for disaster, by the way. As anybody who's ever been really broke out of college can attest. <laughs> I lived on my Amico credit card for months after I graduated from college making $18,000 a year in 1989. Oh, and this is another thing. This actually could be good. This, is, this could be good for the company, for childhood obesity. Hershey is warning of a looming Halloween candy shortage. Yeah. Could be the return of really bad candy that's been sitting there forever, like circus peanuts. You know those orange circus peanuts, which taste a lot like styrofoam packing peanuts. Now I'm going to have these uh, people call, circus peanuts were the best dark candy in the world. That and blackjack gum, those two, and Necco wafers. My gosh, those are the best candies ever. No, they were terrible candies. But they were perfect in 1930. They were the best candies because, you know, so many people were eating dirt, I guess. So anyway, uh, it could be a return also with the popcorn ball. Remember getting popcorn ball rolled in saran wrap? Did anybody ever like the popcorn ball? Was anybody? No. Hershey's warned it will not be able to supply enough candy for Halloween in the uh, Christmas holiday season. The candy company blamed a scarcity of raw ingredients for the insufficient supply. I wonder if the costume shortage is going to happen. That's okay, because if you've got a son, he can just borrow some of your wife's clothing and pretend to be a girl and vice versa. Pandemic-induced global supply chain disruptions and the Ukraine-Russia war have crunched supplies of cocoa, edible oil, and other food ingredients. So uh, the 128-year-old uh, company manufactures some of the most beloved Halloween candy. If you ever get a chance to go to Hershey, Pennsylvania, it's pretty cool. We did the, uh, the factory tour and everything. There are no little, uh, little people working there, by the way. It's a, different, it's a different company. Some of the most beloved uh, candies that they offer are uh, uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, also known as Reese's Cups in places like Kentucky, Hershey's Chocolate Bars, Good and Plenty, which kids really don't like, uh, Bubble Yum, favorite from my childhood, Twizzlers, which I still love, 
Milk Duds, which don't wear if you have dental work. Fifth Avenue. Fifth. Nobody has bought a Fifth Avenue bar in like 15 years. I don't think. And, of course, Hershey's Kisses. So there, and by the way, they raised their price to 6.5%. So. And then, of course, 66% of Americans say the country is in a recession. Or even worse. Or even worse. How is it possible? How is it possible that the Biden administration, literally, you just heard Austin Goolsby and, uh, and Paul Krugman, and they say that we are high if we think there's a recession. But 66% of Americans say the country is in a recession. Could it be that maybe they're just lying to us? I'm thinking it's they're lying to us. Either that or they just think you're stupid. And they disrespect you so much that they think they can get away with this. And they think that their water carriers in the media will cover it up. We'll kiss their boo-boo and make it better. Well, I ain't kissing no boo-boo. Suffolk University in USA Today did a poll of 1,000 registered U.S. voters. Ask participants if the economy is in an economic recovery, stagflation, or recession, or depression. 50% of respondents say the U.S. is in a recession. 16% declared the country is in a depression. There was an additional 18% who felt the nation was experiencing stagnation. 9% felt the country was in an economic recovery. And yet they're still going on television and saying, no, there's no recession. They just think you're stupid. Let's go to uh, Mel and lovely Saratoga Spring, Springs, New York. Hello, Mel. Happy Monday to you, brother. What's going on? Thank you, my brother, for taking the phone call, uh, Rob. Yes, uh, yeah, Mel from Saratoga Springs, New York, horse racing capital, thoroughbred horse racing capital of, of the course. world. Yes, yes, yes of course. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, that uh, sissy boy, sissy uh, boy, uh, Austin Goolsby and that sissy boy, Barack Obama, you know, all I would just, you know, uh, request is just two minutes alone with them two guys. Just just two minutes. That's all I need, Rob. Hand-to-hand, <laughs> hand, two minutes. <laughs> anyway, as, as, as far as uh, referring to this, the, these criminals in D.C. who are yes. supposed to be our servants yeah. as the ruling class, they don't rule me. Yes, you know, they're supposed to go to, they, they go to D.C. to serve us, not us serve them. They don't yeah. rule. I, you know, I, I just kind of hope that you could... Uh, could could uh, 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 refrain from that <laughs> that term of the ruling class. They right. are our employees. We I know that, Mel. Yeah. I know that, Mel, but I've been saying this for right. literally right. over a decade. It is people move to Washington, D.C. to spend their entire lives telling us how to run ours, Mel. And that's how they're right. able to have the audacity and the, not, the, the ability to be able to say these things with a, with a, a straight face and expect us to take it know. because they feel like they rule over us. Go ahead. If I were to say something out of my mouth that was wrong, my mother would slap the taste out of it so quick that I wouldn't know what hit me. <laughs> but as far as, you know, these people try to uh, run my life, like yeah. like the song says, you, you, I, I don't want you running my life because you can't run your own. Absolutely. You know I mean? Mel, listen, so, I got to take a break. I got to take a break. We are running up a hard break. I appreciate your thoughts, and I understand your sentiment because it makes sense, because you're tired of being told uh, what you see is wrong when you know it's right. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Dissent is not disinformation. It's the Rob Carson Show. So we are being told that uh, people being born with uh, male chromosomes who have male sex organs are women when they decide they suddenly want to become women and uh, vice versa with those born with uh, female chromosomes being told they can be men. 
Uh, and then, of course, now you cannot say the R word. It used to be racism, right? The R word was racism. Everybody was racist and all this. You're racist. You never maybe said a, or did a racist thing in your life. But because you were born, you are somehow racist. And now you can't say the other R word, which is recession. And I mentioned that Philip Magnus is a, uh, he's a researcher and education director of the American Institute for Economic Research. He believes that the U.S. is in a recession because uh, we're in one. And uh, everybody knows it, but the mainstream media is still trying to cover up for the Biden administration, and the Biden administration still thinks it can lie about everything. Here is uh, Philip Magnus talking about Facebook taking down him just stating the obvious. Well, I basically uh, shared a screenshot of the White House's own website where they attempted to redefine the concept of inflation. And economists have traditionally defined this uh, term as two consecutive uh, quarters of negative GDP growth, which is the old textbook definition for inflation. It's kind of a shorthand, but it's something that works. It describes almost all recessions we've had in the United States over the past century. Except... Uh, this time, Joe Biden's the president. And yet, uh, just sharing that caused Facebook to flag it and put a uh, fact check notice on my page. Anyway. There you go. So uh, there's uh, that. I got Facebook flagged a couple times this week, and they're still up to their same crap. They're still doing the same crap. Uh, they're still restricting your freedom of speech. Facebook has every right to do that, by the way. Uh, it's just that they led you to believe that uh, you would be able to express yourself freely until you got invested in it with, uh, you know, your baby kids' pictures and all this stuff. And then you decided to maybe do a little bit of, uh, you know, political stuff on there. And that's when uh, Facebook decided to shut down your free speech. But that's what they're doing. And you know the truth. You can see it. You live it every day. By the way, despite the fact that we have this uh, glorious uh, transportation secretary, and I, and I would uh, beg you to f try and tell me what Pete Buttigieg has just done, A, to deserve the position of transportation secretary, and B, what has he done, which is only make things worse, which I'm beginning to wonder is the modus operandi of the Biden administration. And, and I say that completely seriously. The only way you can screw things up this badly, I believe, is if it's part of your plan. If it's part of your plan. Because you know, as well as I do, what the, what the solutions are, right? You know the solution to the southern border crisis, stay in Mexico. That was a Trump, uh, uh, a Trump policy. Build the wall. That's something that Joe Biden is beginning to do in silence. And Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre tried to deny it was happening. I'll get to that next hour. You knew that Hunter Biden's laptop was true. It was obvious uh, because all the naked pictures of Hunter Biden, Biden and all the emails and everything. Dear God. The baby formula crisis has worsened. Out of stock levels. 70% in a country that is the leader of feeding the world. We have starving babies. 70% out of stock rate for formula nationwide. Where is Pete Boot Edge Edge? Haven't seen him posting any baby photos yesterday. Because that was the big deal. He, he was named transportation secretary and he took three months off for paternity leave. Rhode Island and Vermont report the highest out of stock rates, 79% uh, and 78% respectively. This literally six or eight months into the baby formula shortage. If you're looking for a solution to our nation's problems, if you're looking to the Biden administration for it, there is no further evidence necessary that you're not going to find it in this administration.
The opposite will be true. If they say they're going to do something, it means the opposite will be true. If they say they're going to tackle the baby formula crisis, the opposite will be true. If they say they're going to fix the border, the opposite will be true. I rest my case. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Hey guys, it's Carson. Zenith Firearms is an American-owned and operated company based in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Central Virginia. Initially founded in 2014, Zenith built its reputation for superb customer service through firearm and ammunition imports. With many years of expertise in the platform, Zenith is now proudly manufacturing its own line of U.S.-made roller-delayed blowbacks. Zenith provides the American people with a premium product made right here in the United States, starting with the introductory model, the ZF-5. Newly released in 2022, the ZF-5 is based on the most popular and iconic 9mm submachine gun, the MP-5. While the ZF-5 is available immediately, Zenith's three compact personal defense models are available for pre-order and will begin shipping later this year. Zenith proudly supports our nation's military, law enforcement, and responsibly armed citizens protecting the Second Amendment. Check out Zenith Firearms at zenithfirearms.com. That's zenithfirearms.com, or like and subscribe to their social media pages. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show, hour number two. We have got uh, plenty, plenty to talk about, including uh, Building Back Broke. Uh, the Democrats, we thought maybe, had given up on their uh, climate green agenda, the Build Back Better, but Joe Manchin, yeah, he's a sellout. He's a sellout. And we'll uh, we'll get into that. This is not a, a big surprise. We kind of uh, uh, were hopeful that maybe he gave a rat's behind about his constituents in West Virginia, but he really doesn't. And I, I'm sure there probably was some sort of payoff involved. I think during the last uh, rec- reconciliation bill, there was uh, some talk about his wife uh, in the Department of Education uh, being in, in command of a bunch of money in West Virginia to the tune of about a billion dollars. We will uh, certainly investigate that as, as, uh, as it happens, but clearly we have a ruling class in Washington in D.C., and then there are the rest of us. In the, in the height of where you and I are suffering when we go to the store, when you and I are suffering with, you know, filling our car with gas, uh, living off, not even making it to paycheck to paycheck, having to spend uh, money on, on credit cards, uh, giving up your dream of a home ownership this year because uh, interest rates have doubled because of out-of-control inflation caused by the last bout of out-of-control spending by our federal government. Have any programs been cut in Washington, D.C.? Just I just want to ask real quick, do you suppose? Do you suppose that you and me, maybe, I don't know where you're cutting in your life, maybe you got your uh, thermostat cranked up. Mine this morning was at 76 degrees. That's why my wife said it. I said, honey, we can't keep it at 76 while I'm doing the show because my computer overheats. <laughs> but, uh, you know, steak's pretty much off the menu at my house. You know, we don't, we've got some extra... We, we've, we've been to, to the point, trust me, where we haven't even made it to the paycheck. We understand where that's, where that's coming from. And so many people are going through that. But the, uh, the Biden administration says, no, that's not happening. It's not a recession. You're not experiencing a recession. What you're seeing is not real. It really is remarkable. And that's, and that's uh, contributing to a, a rage and anger that is in the hearts of many of us. And, and I'm talking left or right, by the way. I'm talking liberal or conservative. 
when 85% of the country says we're going in the wrong direction, that means something. And if they're not willing to change course and it doesn't sound like they are, it means one thing to me, and that is they want to continue on this course and sink the country. They want to do as much damage trying to live their Marxist, socialist, utopian dream of the class of 1968. And if you won't go for it, then they will force it upon you. And they did it again. They did it again. Giant tax hikes that will kill American jobs. 15% rate on billion-dollar companies. $369 billion on climate. $433 billion on new spending, among other things. I, uh, I saw Maria Bartiromo this weekend. And normally she's, you know, very, uh, I guess, uh, uh, she's a business analyst and whatever. She's kind of even keel. But even her, I could tell that she's tired of the nonsense. As if the border was closed. As if they are not conducting a dereliction of duty. As if they are not using migrants as pawns by keeping an open border and hope that they will get Democrat voters. As if recession doesn't mean recession. It's all the same talking points. And it's all the same ignoring anything that is absolutely against what the American people want. As if there weren't massive amounts of fentanyl killing Americans getting seized at the border. As if people were not getting raped on their dangerous trek into America. It's all extraordinary and it is all a dereliction of duty. Oh, hello. Dereliction of duty. I call it um, indignities. Indignity suffered on you every day. People kicking you while you're down. People, I mean, literally kicking you while you're down. You're you're suffering through this. You're 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 wondering. You know, can I fill the car with gas? Can I can I can I buy groceries? What are we going to cut? A lot of, a lot of parents are not sending their kids to summer camps. A lot of kids. A lot of parents are saying, you know what? You're not going to be able to do sports next year. We can't afford it. You know, these are the problems of the first world, I guess. But they should be expected. We should be able to do these things in the land of plenty, right? And then as you're suffering and, in, and then as you are getting ready to go to your second or your third job, they tell you that, oh, it's the R word. It really doesn't exist. There's no such thing as recession. There's no recession. Everything's good. Everything is great. Keep doing what you're doing. Get back to the fields with you. And uh, Joe Manchin, actually, he, he had the, uh, the audacity and the lack of shame to appear on all the Sunday talk shows this, this weekend and make it seem like, no, 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 this is perfectly ni- fine. Uh, taxes are not going to go up. Uh, companies are not going to raise the prices of goods by us uh, increasing their tax rate. Uh, businesses aren't going to cut employees because they have to pay higher taxes. No, sir. Here he is talking when I get uh, Brett Baer this weekend. Here's the Tax Foundation. Uh, they say the proposed 15% minimum tax on corporate book income is the most economically damaging provision in the bill, reducing GDP by 0.1%, costing about 27,000 jobs. Here's Americans for tax reform on the energy portion. The legislation would impose a regressive tax on oil and gas development based upon emission levels. This is an attack on Joe Matchin's constituents in West Virginia, by the way. Of methane during production. I would run his ass out on a rail from Washington, D.C. If I lived in West Virginia at this point, I would be completely done with this man. Leading to higher energy bills for consumers and higher costs of everyday. The Democrat Party values of 2022 do not match the values of people, particularly in West Virginia in 2022. Products, are they wrong? We've worked with all those industries all the way through this piece of legislation on my side. All of my staff did. And when they're talking about the things they're talking about, that's not true at all. 
Mm -hmm. Here's uh, Joe Manchin being asked uh, whether or not Democrats should stay in control of both houses, even though they've driven our country into the pits of hell. He's not even willing. This will show you what kind of a weasel this man is. He's a weasel. He's a troll that lives under a bridge. Do you hope Democrats keep control of the House and Senate? I think people are sick and tired of politics, Chuck. I really do. I think they're sick and tired of Democrats and Republicans fighting and feuding and holding pieces of legislation hostage because they didn't get what they wanted or something or someone might get credit for something. Why don't we start doing something for our country? Oh, please. Dear God in heaven, this is more uh, this is more nonsense. This is more gobbledygook. This is more kicking the can down the road. Why don't we just say this is how long you been in office, sir, for America? I've always said the best politics is good government. Do something good, Chuck. You think spending another $800 billion on nonsense is good for America when we're suffering? But I, I'm not going to predict what's going to happen. I'm not asking you to I predict. I just want to make sure we do something good. And this is What result do you want? <laughs> yeah, please tell us. The, uh, the party that is down with uh, children being taught about sex and sexuality and transgenderism in kindergarten, uh, tell me that that party needs to stay in powder, power. Tell me the, uh, the party that is down with defunding the police and the massive rampant increases of, in crime across America's Democrat-run cities. Tell us that you want Democrats back in office for more of this, sir. Do you want the Democrats to keep control of the United States Senate and the House of Representatives. Oh, I love, uh, you know, I'm not making those choices. Oh, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Listen to that. Listen to that. The representatives. Oh, I love. Uh, <laughs> he was going to say, oh, I'd love it. And then he realized, oh, crap, we're really polling terribly. I better not say that. You know, I'm not making those choices or de- decisions on that. I'm going to work with whatever I have. I've always said that. I think the Democrats have great candidates that are running. They're good people I've worked with, and I have a tremendous... Okay, hold on. We had to cut him off. The uh, crapometer uh, that is uh, common with a lot of our affiliate stations was pegging out, and there was a possibility that we might uh, uh, actually shut down because of all the crap in the airwaves from him. Here's Nancy Pelosi admitting over the weekend that this is all about spending, that this is all about the same crap, that this is taking a crisis, your crisis... Last time it was COVID and your fear of COVID, and they did everything they could to stoke COVID fear to terrify your children. And right now, your children are reaping that. Your children are going through that. You're going to be going into uh, the fall. My daughter's going to be a, a senior in high school. She missed out fully on about a year and a half of, of good quality education because six months she had no education at all because they didn't have a contingency for a school shutdown. Then they did hybrid learning. Then they did six months with stupid masks on. They did a year without any sports programs, any extracurriculars. Kids lost scholarships. Kids lost their senior years, the ability to compete where they wanted to compete, to get scholarships, to go to college in athletics and other fields like acting or vocal music, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. None of that. And then they passed a massive spending bill, which has caused all of this. Well, you're living through right now. And all that matters to Democrats and, and I'll say Republicans as well, is that they use a time of crisis to spend as much as they can of your money. Because all you are is a means of production and a means of income. And they are the CEOs of a $5 trillion company. And they direct the money that company spends to all of their friends, all of their cronies, all of their higher-ups, big pharma, big whatever. But here's Nancy Pelosi admitting what it is. It is a massive uh, spending increase like we've never seen. I learned of what was in there was just 
transformational. We've never spent this much money, even as much as we had originally. We've never invested this much ah, it's in such an important way. Uh, now, with all the investing they've done, I don't know, I'm thinking about the last 30, 40 years, maybe 50 years, all the investing that they've done, what have they done to fix anything? What has Joe Biden done since he came to office 50 years ago? What has he done? What has he done that he said he was going to fix? What exists as problems in our country that existed in 1973 when he took office? Everything. Infrastructure sucks. IRS still sucks. Uh, the the uh, 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 health care, government health care still sucks. I can go out to schools, still suck. What are you going to fix? You're just going to spend some more? That's all they care about is spending more and rewarding their cronies. They don't care a thing about fixing anything because what they'll do at the next election is they'll promise to fix it again and the media will play along. In a public-private way to have the private sector play its role in this so we get more advantage than is just right there. Is she drunk again? I think she's drunk again. I swear to God. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, and then and this is funny. And Rob Reiner made a fool of himself again. Rob Reiner, of course, he played uh, Meathead on uh, All in the Family. He's directed some movies, including, uh, uh, let's see, uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, da, 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 da. He's had a bunch of movies, yeah, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, he says that Joe Biden is the best president in 60 years. He says that screw politics, screw poll numbers. Joe Biden has a record of accomplishments in the first two years of the presidency that's gone unmatched for almost 60 years. I think what he means is that Joe Biden is uh, the lowest poll numbers in 70 years uh, and the worst economic performance as far as inflation is concerned in 40. So if that's the case, if that's the defining moment, then I guess he's right. <laughs> uh, your calls are welcome. 800-922-6680. Um, I have said that Democrats in states like California are like the aliens from Independence Day. I will explain what that's all about coming up. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. If you're looking for a woke take on current events, just go back to sleep because you're not getting it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. So last year, Joe Biden said that the uh, vaccine would prevent infection from COVID. Everybody said it. Everybody said that it would prevent infection from COVID. When it turns out that it uh, does not prevent infection from COVID, they changed the definition of the vaccine. And they said that it would uh, lessen the symptoms if you get COVID. But that was a lie. Vaccines don't do that. They don't. Uh, it's nonsense. It's falderall. Otherwise, uh, you know, you'd need uh, uh, measles boosters for your entire life. Uh, you know. And Joe Biden got COVID last week despite being double-vaxxed and double-boosted. Uh, your argument for a vaccine is moot. Now, I'm not trying to make a, a choice for you. I made a choice for me a long time ago. It started before this nonsense. I said I'm not going to take the vaccine. And the reason being is I had a, uh, a mitocardial infarction when I was 30 years old because I had a strep throat and uh, apparently got some sort of a, uh, infection around the lining of my heart. So I said I'm not going to mess with it. I got COVID. wasn't pleasant. hated it. And I took some meds that uh, the federal government and uh, social media d d decided without any review whatsoever were absolutely 
uh, verboten. You could not say them. You could not talk about them. You couldn't say something about ivermectin. Ivermectin, my God, that is a horse dewormer. Did you know that the uh, Merck treatment for COVID that was approved was a uh, equine encephalitis drug? Did you know that? A lot of the drugs we get start off as animal meds, and then they become human meds, you know? So anyway, uh, uh, Joe Biden not only got COVID, but he got it again. You know how he got it again? You want to know how he got it again? Well, he was on Paxlovid. Paxlovid was rushed through by the FDA so we could make uh, drug companies a whole hell of a lot of money. That's what it was. Uh, Yeah, uh, Paxlovid was rushed through. Joe Biden went on the uh, COVID-19 miracle drug Paxlovid. And apparently, uh, it is not effective in uh, fighting uh, reinfection like they said it would originally. Yeah. Yeah, the, the COVID infection rate originally when Paxlovid hit the uh, market, they said the, the reinfection rate only uh, 2%. Just 2%. Well, it turns out about 40%. You know why? Because apparently uh, Paxlovid actually uh, depresses the immune system. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. New studies show the COVID-19 miracle drug is not pre- uh, preventing against reinfection rates initially reported. One doctor suggested the rebound rate for a course of Paxlovid is 20 to 40% high or higher. It's kind of interesting, though. Pfizer raked in $8.1 billion in the second quarter selling Paxlovid. Isn't that kind of interesting? It's just kind of funny. Now, when I had COVID, I took hydroxychloroquine. And if you don't think that hydroxychloroquine works to some degree for uh, as a prophylaxis, you don't have to. But uh, about a billion Indian people do. They say, oh, yeah, works pretty well. They actually give it to people in India because oh, a billion people have uh, received it. It's a very safe medication, and they found it to be pretty effective. And then uh, uh, ivermectin is something that I took. I'm, I, I don't know. Some people had great uh, results with ivermectin. I think for me... It was hydroxychloroquine, to be quite honest, but who the hell knows? But all that matters when it comes to drugs that get approved are very large pharma corporations, very deeply entrenched in Washington, D.C., and the ability to make a buttload of money. Yeah. Taking Paxlovid leaves COVID sufferers in danger of testing positive for the virus again very quickly after clearing their initial infection, which is one of the reasons why Joe Biden, after embarrassing himself, by uh, double vaxxing and double boosting and getting COVID, it, which normally would be embarrassing to somebody, saying so assuredly that you should take the vaccine, and him standing behind the military and businesses uh, and, and public sector uh, employers that removed people from their payrolls because they wouldn't get the vaccine. And then along comes Paxlovid. He starts talking Paxlovid. Everything's going to be fine. And uh, he gets COVID in the same week. In the same week. So there's a double burn. There's a double sick burn. Unbelievable. COVID came to market December of 2021. Studies from Pfizer indicated only 1% to 2% of patients who took the drug tested positive for COVID again shortly after finishing their dosage. So either Joe Biden is a really unlucky person or they were lying about the percentage of infection after taking Paxlovid. I, I, I try not to make this too complicated because certainly I'm not a medical expert. But if you just read a little bit and you talk to some people, you can make a more informed decision. Like, for instance, the, uh, uh, the, only about 1.4% of parents of children five and under had decided to get their kid, their little kid, 
vaccinated for COVID because they've discovered the kids don't really need it. That said, Joe Biden had already ordered 105 million doses of COVID vaccine for the fall. Now, uh, they've already been paid for. Now they all need to be given to you. And you're saying no. So either that 105 million doses of, uh, of COVID vaccine are going to be forced upon some people or it'll be destroyed or it'll be sent to a third world country, I guess. And by the way, also, this is just kind of a sideline, three physicians at uh, one of the uh, most prestigious hospitals in Canada, Canada's Trillium Health Partners in Mississauga, died unexpectedly in the same week after they'd received their fourth dose for COVID. It's kind of weird. It actually happened. They even put the obituaries in the paper to say that they died. It's not saying what they died of, but all three of them took their fourth dose of COVID vaccination, and they all died during the same week. What are the odds? Certainly better than winning the Powerball this weekend or the Mega Millions. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. Monday edition of the Rob Carson Show already August the 1st. Can you believe this big primary day in a lot of states around the country? One uh, tomorrow in, uh, Can- I live in Kansas, the Kansas side of uh, Kansas City. There's a uh, an important ballot issue with regard to abortion. We will uh, get to that uh, later. Then, of course, uh, Arizona tomorrow we'll find out who the Republican gubernatorial candidate for governor is. Carrie Lake is uh, ahead in the polls right now. Someone who is actually in AZ this morning or this afternoon, depending on where you are. CEO and co-founder of Free, Free Space Social Incorporated, uh, Mr. John Willis joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. John, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Rob. Um, so I, I saw a uh, uh, major economist over the weekend, I don't have the story in front of me, uh, being censored for saying the R word, which is now not racism, it's recession on Facebook. Um, for a while, it seemed like maybe Facebook, maybe Twitter might lighten up a little bit on censorship, particularly of uh, conservative speech with Elon Musk uh, uh, attempting to purchase Twitter. It, it appeared that way, but it looks to me like they're, they're back to where they were. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, John? It's just another way to control the narrative of what's, uh, you know, what the left wants to put out there and and uh, way to control truth uh, in general. And it's been a problem that we've had with big tech for, for years. I mean, if, if something doesn't fall within their ideology or their point of view, then what they do is they censor, shadow ban or do whatever they can to stop any oppo- opposing voices yeah. in order to put out what they want. And, you know, in, in my opinion, it's just it's just propaganda all over again. I mean, it's it's what we saw in the 1940s and 30s in Europe. Um, it's what we see out of Russia and China where they, you know, take truth, they twist it, um, they, you know, put out what they want to put out, and whatever they put out is considered truth, even though it isn't. 
And so that's what that's what's happening right now. So now tell me about your your company because you know I'm not beholden to a particularly uh, uh, particular uh, social media network. Uh, I, I for instance I belong to a Truth Social. That's Donald Trump's uh, social mm-hmm. media network. I find that my response on that's been pretty well. Getter. I know Jason Miller. I I like Getter. I like both of those. I just kind of keep profiles on Twitter just because it's there, and I also get video clips off the Twitter by the, for my TV show. Facebook by and large is just meant to reach family members. And, uh, and, and I, I, I play a little bit on my Facebook show page, and then I've got a personal page, which is all just family pictures. Uh, but tell me about your company and what is different and what caused you to create your company. Sure. We launched Free Space um, February 1st of 2021 as a direct response to the massive, we call it the conservative purge in social media. Um, right after the 2020 elections. And we saw not only President Trump being banned everywhere, but we saw you know content creators, influencers, and just regular uh, Joe Schmo Americans uh, being silenced. And so we had a real problem with that. Um, and so we decided you know, we have the ability to launch a social media platform in a very short period of time. Well, we built it from scratch, and we, we put it out on the market in less than 30 days of making the decision to actually uh, move forward. And... Um, you know, ever since then, you know, within three weeks, uh, we received a phone call to to come down to Mar-a-Lago to meet with the president. Wow. We met with uh, he and his team, um, you know, because at that time he was trying to figure out what he wanted to do, whether he wanted to build his own platform yeah. or buy or join another. And so we, of course, we went down there and, and started uh, those discussions. But what we wanted to do is we wanted to do something different uh, than what your traditional alternative platforms were doing or, mm-hmm. or the mainstream platforms. We wanted to create an atmosphere that isn't just a conservative echo chamber. Okay. We want free space to be for everyone. So whether you're left or right, you know, conservative, liberal, it doesn't matter. Free space is for everyone. But we want to give people the opportunity to have freedom of opinion, freedom of information, freedom to speak their mind, freedom to debate without some tech overlord <laughs> determining what is true and what isn't. It's yes, not our yes. job as a platform to tell people what they can or can't do with with regards to their opinions um now we of course we have rules in place you know to prevent you know pornography or illegal acts and that type of stuff on the platform i mean that's a given but we we really saw the the need to put something out there that will allow people to not only have free speech but the ability to grow their business to grow their brand mm-hmm. uh the the ability to have unfettered communication with each other uh without worrying about their data being sold uh, to government agencies yeah. or to private industries without their you know messages being read by some some nerdy guy <laughs> in a dark yeah, tech yeah, room yeah. you know i mean we we just want to you know just make things simple again give everybody the the uh, features that they love about social media without all the garbage that they hate and so you know the way we look at free space is free space is a platform for communication for commerce mm-hmm and uh for conversation and well, we, we want to be able to to do that and 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 we have been we've had a great success since we've launched um but we're, what we're really trying to do is is really focus on positivity and rewarding um our users with with all sorts of you know gamification type uh badges yeah. and stuff when they post positive things you know we're, we're sure. just trying to change you know just come out with a completely different approach than just your oh yeah speak your mind if you hate 
you hate Biden or you hate this, you hate that, go ahead and spout it off here. We, we actually want to try something a little bit different. Well, and, and I think uh, you are talking about a, a traditional how America should be, <laughs> you know, to be yeah. quite honest. It, you know, we, we've seen, for instance, uh, I get flagged on Facebook all the time. On uh, the day after the election in, uh, in uh, November of 2020, I had a Facebook page that was reaching hundreds of thousands of people on a weekly basis. It was experiencing exponential growth. It was gigantic. And on the day after the election, I went to sign on a computer and it was gone. The page was gone. There was no excuse for it. There was no reason for it. And there was no ability to get it back. There was no one to get in touch with at all. There was no customer service line whatsoever. There was nothing I could do. They were just gone. The same thing happened with the walk away movement. Half a million people sharing their stories, largely people of color, walking away from the Democrat Party, suddenly gone from Facebook. And I hope to hell that when Republicans take over both houses of Congress, I hope and pray this happens in November, that some people People are held responsible for it because I think we have reached a a point where we have become essentially an oligarchy. People like you are the antithesis of that. You are not Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg figured out that he could uh, contribute four hundred plus million dollars to the Democrat Party and help to uh, uh, rig elections, help to skew elections. And to me, that screams oligarchy. Uh, on the heels of that, what do you suppose? Um, uh, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg uh, addressed his employees. He's lost half of his net, net worth. Facebook is getting ready to do some job cuts. We've seen the same thing happening with Twitter. Uh, what do you see happening with those uh, two big companies that have kind of been uh, had a monopoly on social, uh, social media for years who appear now to be on a, a downward spiral? I think what we're going to see is we are going to see Facebook uh, correct its course in a way uh, where now they're starting to realize that their woke policies are basically shooting themselves in the foot. Um, you know, they're, they're, they took a huge loss in revenue um, this past quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and yeah. if you look at how they, they run their ad platform with all the rules and regulations that they have on it, it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, I, I own a marketing agency as well. And just to get ads approved on Facebook is a nightmare because they it's so fluid with what they allow and what they don't yeah. allow. It seems like they change it on a minute by minute basis. Yeah. And so you know from a, from a business standpoint, um, it, it's such a moving target with Facebook. You just never know. So yeah, what we're seeing now is there. You know, he's got seventy five thousand employees at Facebook, and he's probably going to let go. I don't know how many, maybe twenty percent or fifteen percent, but yeah. even still, um, it's all self inflicted. Same thing with Twitter. I mean, Twitter. Um, put itself in this position by going so woke, by uh, limiting speech to the point where they they silenced the most powerful man on the planet. <laughs> yeah, and and you can't expect things to go well after that. And so here's Elon suing Twitter and and, and t- Twitter suing him uh, mainly because they will not release information that he is contractually. Op- obligated to receive yeah. about their bot accounts. And so it's it's just like, what's going on with you people? Haven't you guys ever taken a business class before? Yeah. I mean, it seems like their ideology clouds any type of common sense or rational thought when it comes to actual business. And that's why we're seeing Twitter stock drop by 40% and Facebook stock drop and their revenue drop. It's all self-inflicted. Yeah, and I was uh, likening this to uh, what's happened uh, on college campuses for the last uh, 35 years or so. Um, right now on college campuses, we have a, uh, they are essentially a protected class, people who are uh, tenured, people who can sit in the faculty lounge and uh, and uh, talk about, you know, communism is uh, the right form of government. It's just never been tried. Uh, it's never been done properly, which is nonsense. I've been hearing that, you know, since I was in high school or before. Uh, and, and we're seeing 
seeing the people on college campus, what I would consider to be the first generation of the woke uh, class of 1968 graduating, uh, uh, establishing itself in the business world in the form of, say, for instance, Mark Zuckerberg or the previous head uh, of, uh, of uh, Twitter, Jack uh, Dorsey. Uh, they are those the progeny of the class of 1968, and it worked for a while when they were in control to be able to bring some of the same things, the same theories that have been uh, kept on campus, and we're seeing those ideals do a face plant. Um, is that is that what you think we are seeing? Possibly these woke individuals grabbing social media, owning social media, and now that other people have said, "Hey, uh, we want people to speak freely." That those that their theories, like they did on campus, have failed. What I tell all my friends that go and get an MBA is I said, hey, I need you guys to go onto YouTube and watch a clip from the movie Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> yes, yes. And there is a scene where he's got this British business uh, e uh, you know, economics instructor yeah. talking about launching a factory, building a factory, yes. and they're going to be producing widgets. And Rodney Dangerfield, who's a multimillionaire, who's sitting in that class, and he goes, ah, that's not how it is. First, got to grease the unions, and you got to do this, and you yes. got to do that. <laughs> and so you've got the professor that's teaching the theory. And then you got the the real educator that's in the classroom. And what happens in that scene? All the students are taking notes from Rodney Dangerfield and not from the teacher because he's actually done it. Exactly. And and I can't tell you how many times where I see the difference between those in the classroom and those actually in the workforce producing and making it happen. So all these social social economic theories that we see, you know, indoctrinated into kids today in college, you know, when they're actually put into use, guess what? Yeah. They don't make any money yeah. because there's no rational thought behind it. It's all feel good. Socialism is great. Communism is great. But when you really get down to the nitty gritty, it sucks and it doesn't <laughs> produce. All right. So you're going to be at CPAC in, uh, in Dallas coming up on the 5th. What are you going to be uh, covering? So uh, I'm going to be speaking about uh, pretty much the reformation of social media and where social media goes from here because mm -hmm. we are seeing a shift. I mean, not only with big tech banning Donald Trump, but also what Elon is doing, because that has awoken a, a sleeping giant with regards to the direction of social media. And big tech's starting to feel it. Oh, yeah. They're trying to do everything they can to stop what's happening. But the uh, the American people and the globe in general, they want uh, they want their freedoms back. They want to be able to Amen. consume information and speak their mind and and we're going to be talking about that it's very good well uh you know and it, the funny thing is all of these things are your opinion your constitutionally uh protected opinion you have the right to have an opinion even if it's wrong somebody else can't decide that your opinion is wrong and shut you down that's the most egregious thing about this this is how they abuse their power and this is how uh, they're going to ultimately pay for it but i wish you the best uh, john i greatly appreciate you. your time today free space social i got the app on my phone uh anywhere else that people can find you uh, john and find out more about free space Social, among other things. Um, yeah, you can follow me on all the social platforms at, at Real John Willis. Um, you can find out about so, uh, Free Space Social at freespacesocial.app. Um, and then it's available both in the Google and uh, Apple I store or Apple stores, or excuse me, app stores. And then uh, we're going to be launching a whole new version of Free Space within okay. the next month or two. Okay. Uh, that's a completely rebuilt platform that's going to have you know TikTok style video features, live streaming, you name it. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's not owned by the Chinese. It is not. It's, good. it's owned by good old red-blooded Americans. Americans. So. All right, John, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate you being on the show today. We'll have you on again soon. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Donald Trump says he's the funniest man on TV. Just wait till he hears him on the radio. It's The Rob Carson Show.
Had a delightful weekend. Got to hang out with my uh, my wife last night. She went and visited her mom. She came back, and we decided to watch a movie. And, and my, she chose. She chose. It was it was a choice. We could watch The Graduate uh, with Dustin Hoffman or All the President's Men, a movie that I probably haven't seen since I was in middle school. Maybe. Uh, what, what a snooze fest. My God. Uh, what a El Snoozola fest. Uh, painting a, uh, you know, putting a lipstick on the pig of the uh, Watergate investigation. And, and, I, and I honestly, you know, whatever, we watched the movie. And, and I, all I could think about through the entire movie was how simple things were compared to the abject corruption of Washington, D.C. today. Uh, you know, we, we have things happening in this country today that make Watergate look like a child's play. You've got a, uh, a president who clearly has been compromised by China. It's very clear. They've written books about it, all based on laptops that his son, who is so high on crack and booze that he left very personal information on several laptops at a uh, Delaware repair facility. The repair facility tried to get a hold of the guy, but he was so busy you know, doing prostitutes and getting high on crack, he didn't get it. So he turned it over to the FBI. The FBI tried to cover it up twice. Ultimately, it got out there after the election was held by the FBI going into the election of 2020 could have turned the election around uh, despite all the stealing that happened. And yes, I still believe absolutely 100 percent 2020 was stolen. My constitutionally protected opinion. And then you got things like uh, uh, COVID mandates, business closing mandates, being uh, people being told they couldn't go to church or open their business. You've got the uh, the southern border completely open. There is no southern border. Don't let anybody try to fool you. And then politicians that lie to you about everything. We're $30 trillion in debt. We are at a 40-year high on inflation in this country. We've got people living paycheck to paycheck, sometimes not making it paycheck to paycheck. We were energy independent for the first time since before Watergate. And Joe Biden came in and turned us upside down and made us depend on, on OPEC and our enemies once again and is actively shipping oil from our petroleum reserves, our strategic pro- petroleum reserves, to our enemies, including China. And I'm watching uh, five uh, clumsy burglars break into Democrat Party headquarters in the Watergate Hotel, and I'm going, oh, my God. First thought was, my wife said, where's Forrest Gump? I thought he was the guy who called the feds. <laughs> anyway, it's just, it's just remarkable. We are, we are uh, honestly, you, you can almost compare the tech of the day and the scandal of the day to the tech that we have now and the scandals that we have, and both of them have expanded beyond our wildest beliefs. I'm watching, last night, could you imagine sitting at a desk where there's nothing there but a phone and a typewriter? That's it. You could only call at your desk or at home and a rotary phone. And and I was talking about, you know, the breaking of the Watergate story happened after days, after uh, phone conversations and, and a meeting with Deep Throat in a parking garage and all of that. And, and here today, it's on social media. Immediately, it's all over the place. But now we have a media that is working with a party who is working with social media, something we never dreamed of in 1970-whatever, to cover up the truth. It's remarkable. It really, really is remarkable. And uh, for that, I guess it was uh, it was worth watching, even though I was bored out of my mind 
watching all the president's men. Just didn't think it was as good as everybody said it was supposed to be. Anyway, uh, we've got much more to get to in the third hour of the radio program, including the uh, psycho sexual assault of women. It's not only happening here, but around the world. I'll explain what I mean in just a few. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show back in a few. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's The Rob Carson Show. Hour number three of The Rob Carson Show underway. I want to thank Mary Walter for filling in on Friday. I guess it's allergies, what I've been experiencing. Uh, uncontrolled coughing and sneezing and uh, Claritin. I'm on Claritin. I'm on the uh, antihistamine, the, uh, the plain-label Walmart version, and the plain-label Walmart nasal spray. So I, I have done a little research, and apparently it's, I think it's ragweed. This is just self-diagnosis talking to you. So anyway, I'm glad to be back. And uh, Mary, thank you for filling in. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, real quick here, Nichelle Nichols played Uhuru on Star Trek Diet over the weekend. She was 89. And it's Nichelle, by the way, not Michelle. Uh, I was thinking about this over the weekend. I did, um, it's, it's interesting because when you're, you know, in your 20s and in your 30s, uh, you look at, uh, uh, your parents' generation, uh, you know, how uh, antiquated the technology was, uh, many times antiquated the, uh, the, the, the attitudes were and whatnot. And, uh, and Star Trek was pretty remarkable. It was a pretty remarkable show because up until that point, and, and I'll admit it, I mean, you know it as well as I do, uh, entertainment by and large in this country, pretty white, you know, pretty white. Let's, let's, let's just be honest. It didn't really start to uh, integrate uh, fully until like the 70s, really. Uh, with uh, some of the Norman Lear shows, um, All in the Family, uh, the Jeffersons, Good Times, all that. And, uh, you know, we were such racists living in Iowa, watching it every week. Uh, didn't even think about color. We just thought it was really funny. Sanford and Son, thought it was really funny. Just thought it was great. Didn't matter. None of my family, my dad, World War II veteran, we didn't sit there and go, oh, those black people. My God, I can't believe those black people have TV parts. Oh, my God, you got to get rid of them black people. No, no, it was none of that. Uh-uh. Didn't even think twice about it. Roots came out, Alex Haley, nobody said, hey, man, I wish we could, boy, that slavery was awesome. I wish we could go back to that. No, we all just sat there and kind of went, wow, yeah, this is pretty important. This is on television. It's really cool. Really, really important. Really, really cool. Uh, Star Trek rolled around, what, 1966-ish, I guess, and uh, had an Asian dude, a Russian dude, a Scottish dude in the uh, engine room, had a black female. There, uh, as the, well, she, wasn't she navigation? Wasn't that what she uh, did, uh, essentially? Communications. Communications. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Da, da, da. Uh, she, uh, like Corinne Jean-Pierre, she was, not a, she was not a lesbian, and she was not uh, uh, from, uh, you know, another country living in uh, the United States. So she wasn't historical that way. But uh, it, was, it was kind of interesting to see. And a couple things kind of happened this weekend that were funny. Uh, one of them was on the 30th, Saturday, was the... Uh, imaginary birthday of George Jefferson, uh, George Jefferson, George Jetson, <laughs> George Jetson. That's supposedly the uh, birthday of uh, George Jetson, July 30th of 2022. And so it would be 2062 when the Jetsons took place. And they, they did a uh, uh, kind of an analysis of the things that um, that came true. For instance, we don't have a uh, bossy robot maid named Rosie. Um, we have a Roomba, 
and we call him uh, Steve, actually. We've got a Roomba, one of those little vacuums that goes off and runs around the house by itself. His name's Steve. We put Google eyes on him, you know. So there's some things, and then some things we never dreamed of. Star Trek, for instance. The, the, you know, remember the, uh, the, uh, uh, the communicator that they held? The, the communicator? That was a glorified cell phone, guys. All you could do was talk by just voice. It was a walkie-talkie. And we've got, a, we've got, literally, I've got here, the Library of Alexandria times 5,000. Never even dreamed of having a supercomputer with a phone app in your pocket. Can you imagine dropping somebody from 1970 on the planet today? And again, I watched all the President's Men last night. Uh, bored out of my mind. Uh, and I looked at the tech then. And I was like, to my kids, you would go insane. Because if you wanted to know something, you had to go to the library. You had to go to the library and get the stuff. You had to go get the microfiche. You had to get the newspapers that were there in, uh, in the archive. It was, it was nuts. Hell, that even happened when I was in college. They just started, uh, you know, computers, using computers. Just, it's kind of bizarre. So th- amazing technical achievement, honestly. A- amazing technical achievement since that time. And yet... And I hate to get philosophical, but we're unhappier than we've ever been. Kind of weird that way, right? The more we're connected, the sadder we are at times. And a lot of it has to do with uh, disconnection and forgetting real human interaction and sitting on a computer and you know, not going into work and doing a Zoom call and, you know, all these things. All these things that kind of mess things up. Are we better off than we were in 1970? Well, it depends. I was talking to my wife about this. I'm like, think about what a cell phone has done to, uh, say, for instance, if somebody gets in a car crash. Somebody gets in a car crash. You're on the uh, side of the road. You're hanging upside down in your car. Nobody's nearby. You, you got the cell phone. You can reach your cell phone. You can call 911. Or you can have the, uh, the, the tracking system device on the, on the cell phone can find where you are upside down in that car. And then my wife said, yeah, but what about all the phones that have caused car crashes? <laughs> oh, yeah, there's that. There's that. We, we were distracted in other ways in the, in, the, you know, in the 1960s and 1970s. Kids screaming in the back of the car and whatnot. But we're not trying to hold conversations with somebody on a freaking uh, phone, literally typing messages to them while we're driving either. That's kind of bizarre. But, you know, Nichelle Phillips, pretty amazing, uh, pretty amazing act, actress, I should say, in a, an interesting time. Corinne Jean-Pierre. Repeatedly insisted the Biden administration is not finishing uh, uh, Donald Trump's border wall. Now, uh, there are four wide gaps in the border wall near the Morelos Dam in Yuma sector of Arizona, and they will be completed using the uh, funding from the the, uh, Department of Homeland Security's 2021 budget. So they're actually uh, building the wall. If they were down with not building the wall, they would tore down the whole wall, right? But no, uh, like so many things uh, that the Biden administration lies about, for instance, we know we're in a recession. There's been a definition of the recession that has been uh, constant for the last 50 years. The Biden administration last week decided to uh, tear it up and throw it away and say it, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter at all. And they trashed, they trashed Trump's border wall. Donald Trump said walls work. They certainly do. They work around the gated communities that uh, uh, many bureaucrats live in. Work perfectly fine. There's that hypocrisy. You know, you, you stay at home, you shut your business, you wear a mask. I go to a baseball game, I go out to dinner, I don't wear a mask. 
Uh, you uh, you live in a in a neighborhood that is now populated with a lot of homeless people, a lot of illegals, and we live in gated communities. That's the way it is. It's the way of the world. But Peter Ducey on Friday would have none of it with Corinne Jean-Pierre. Why is the Biden administration building a border wall in Arizona? So uh, no, they're not. No, they're not. Okay, next question. Um, we are not. Uh, we are not finishing the wall. Uh, okay, here we go. Listen to this. We are cleaning up the mess the prior administration. You know, I got to tell you, uh, this just kind of, this right here, this just really pisses me off. Because, you know, it's enough that you've effed up the border. But now you're saying that you were cleaning up a mess that didn't exist. You live in the mess. You bed down in the mess. You lie in the squalor of the mess. And you're saying that a president who actually shut down, by and large, illegal immigration... And you who opened the border wholesale, who literally your DHS secretary, who must be impeached, possibly even incarcerated. I'm not kidding. You're willing to say after everything that we know about the border and the suffering that this open border has caused with the massive sex trafficking of children, the massive influx of fentanyl that killed 107,000 people in this country last year. And she's willing to step over the bodies of all of those people to say, no, nah, it was Trump that did that. Uh, left behind in their, in their failed attempt. Uh, to build a wall, and I just want to be very, very clear. Now, normally, if you were anybody else, you'd let this go, and, ah, yeah, KJP, you're right, even though you just lied. Here on day one, uh, we returned the money, uh, the $8 billion the prior administration took from our military. We gave that back. To Pfizer. Uh, to the military, for military families, for schools, for bases. Uh, that's what that money was. As we shut down the one in Afghanistan and gave $85 billion worth of our hardware to terrorists. It was being used. That's what it was taking away from. Other than that, we're doing a great job. Um, and so, again, what we're doing is cleaning up the mess that the prior administration has done. Okay, I'm thinking uh, that you've created quite a mess. That's why 85% of the American population feel the country's going in the wrong direction. President Biden, when he was a candidate, said that there will not be another foot of wall constructed in my administration. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. So what changed? Yeah. We are not finishing the wall. If walls work in that part of Arizona, is this the administration trying to get migrants to cross somewhere else, like in Texas? What, what is the plan? We are not. That's a great question, actually. Is that is that the plan? Finishing a wall. We are cleaning up the mess that the prior. Oh, dear, dear God in heaven, we're not this stupid. Our administration made. We are trying to save lives. This is what is. I think we should do a, a daily countdown to when Jean Pierre is uh, decides to leave the administration. I'm predicting it's pretty soon, and it's probably not going to be her choice. This is what the prior administration left behind that we are now cleaning up. No, no, not at all. The mess wasn't there. It was a trickle. Illegal immigration was a trickle. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. By finishing the wall, is this? We are not finishing it. Yes, you are. You, you are finishing the wall. By filling in, finishing? We are not finishing the wall. By oh, dear God. Filling in. I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? Uh, is, this, is this racist? I know you are, but what am I? Because in 2019, when the former guy was proposing a wall. Yeah, the former guy that everything worked, but it was still a mess. Said, uh, According to you. That it was his racist 
wall. So how is this any different? I'm just having a hard time understanding how this is any different. I'm not even sure how you get to your first question to this question. I can't, I can't understand how you get to your answer, to be quite honest. Because it's all uh, nonsense. It's all uh, nonsense. Uh, real quick, let's go to Todd in, uh, in Minnesota. Mill, are you in Mill Lakes or Mill Ox? Todd, hello. Where are you, man? Where are you? I didn't hear this name. Malaka? Malaka. Ben like Ozzy Bear would say, waka, waka, waka. Okay, I lived in, uh, in, uh, in the Twin Cities. I did morning radio in the 90s there for about five years. I used to, but I'm not woke enough to live there anymore. Oh, dear God. Well, they burned uh, half of it down. Uh, what's your thoughts? Go ahead. <laughs> well, you were discussing how the administration was saying it's not a recession. Yes. It, 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 the biggest quagmire they're talking about now is sexual and trans, and it's in the inflation was transitory. And yes. so it's not a recession. It's a transession. It isn't yes. what it really looks like to be. It's really a de- depression. And yeah. even the Democrats are depressed that Biden is their representative. It's it's remarkable. Todd, how do you feel, though, as a citizen of the country when, like Corinne Jean-Pierre, we know that the wall is being uh, finished in certain sectors, and she says, no, it's not. How does it feel <laughs> to you as an adult having this conversation? You ever seen, uh, was it uh, uh, Life of Brian? Oh, oh God, yes. A mere flesh wound. <laughs> Uh, is that is that life of is that life of Brian or is it the uh, history of the world? I can't remember which. No, 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 no. That was remember. Monty Python. It was Monty Python. Never Monty mind. No, no, no. Python. I know what you're talking Monty about. Monty Python. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Holy mean, Grail. Holy Grail. Yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. It's know. you know it's it's, it's a bold faced lie. But if you believe it, it's not a lie. Like uh, yeah, Chance Stanger yeah. used to say on Seinfeld. You bet. 100%. If you believe it, it's not a lie. One hundred percent. Todd, thanks for the call. Got to run uh, to all you guys in Milaka. I love it. Thanks for calling me today. I appreciate it. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Opinions are easy. Entertaining? Not so much. It's The Rob Carson Show. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Gordon Chang is going to be joining us to talk about Nancy Pelosi's possible visit to Taiwan. She's uh, in Singapore this morning, and there's a possibility she'll uh, fly into Taiwan. Taiwan, uh, China has said that if Nancy Pelosi attempts to fly into Taiwan, they will uh, essentially uh, shoot her down. And now, the only problem with that is uh, I, uh, apparently the Chinese don't have a, a radar tracking system that can see something as small as a broom, I guess. is what, is what Sitting on that line for a, about a half an hour now. You believe the 2020 election was Just stolen? What makes this senile old man? I do. Think he can be president? He can't. Everyone knows this man can't keep from pooping his pants. He won the live vote, the dead guy vote, the fake ballots pulled out of the sky. Information. He isn't really president, just a resident. He was chosen by mail. The only thing that he knows how to do every day, screwing me and you. Only thing that Joe can do is to fail. Oh, he's doing it epically, too. No, I, I, I really mean it. Dems have got no hope. With this old dope, he has not met a gal that he won't grow. Biden has 
has got a broken brain. His VP is lame. Kamala's been a big flop. Flop! Whoops, there goes Biden on the ground. On his keister, Joe is you. Brandon Falls. Whoops, Joe Biden. He is going kerplop. There you go. There you go. That is uh, uh, Jim Gossett, two S's and two T's, doing uh, live votes. <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> uh, check out jimgossettcomedy.com. And then we've got uh, information on a show that he's doing this month in Georgia in Atlanta, the Atlanta area that you may want to go to if you're around or even make a little drive into town to see him because, uh, dang, he's good. Anyway, for those of you who are concerned, and I believe 80% of Americans are concerned about election integrity because uh, a lot of people in the country, including Democrats, are going, there's no way Joe Biden got 81 million votes. It doesn't make any sense. Election night doesn't make any sense. The cover-ups that have occurred since then have not made any sense. And uh, you know why I think the 2020 election was stolen? It's because I'm not stupid. I am not stupid. Uh, honestly. And, and I get tired of uh, being told that either uh, what I have to say is uh, misinformation or disinformation. I get tired of people uh, telling me that, oh, no, that was already proven uh, when none of it has. And for those who would say that, yeah, you know, you think that the election wasn't stolen, I say prove to me it wasn't stolen. You what you tell me? Prove to me it was stolen. To prove to me it wasn't. So this is kind of cool. Republican National Committee has hit uh, multiple election integrity milestones with 100 days left before the midterm elections. So uh, these include 17 state election integrity directors, 28 in-state election integrity councils who have recruited tens of thousands of poll watchers and workers. This is big news. This is big news because a lot of people are like, "What are we going to do? They'll just try to steal it again." Well, it looks like a lot of people are very active and very involved. And if you're not, I hope you will be. Right? 190, or 100 days before election, the RNC has surpassed milestones 32,000 poll watchers. In primary, general, and special elections so far this cycle, in addition, they've made over 65,000 unique volunteer engagements, have held over 2,700 election integrity trainings. RNC spokesperson Ronna McDaniel says since the start of the cycle, we've made a multi-million dollar investment in our election integrity program from engaging in over 50 lawsuits to recruiting thousands of poll watchers and poll workers to ensure transparency at the ballot box. And that's what we've got to do. That's what we have got to do. Because if we don't, we're going to have some major trouble. Now, this weekend, I saw a delightful report. Liz Cheney's running for election again. Did you know that? And she's going to get uh, trampled. She's, she is going down in flames. CNN went actually to Wyoming to poll people, and they were surprised to find out uh, she done. Cheney for a fourth term. Are you planning to vote for Liz Cheney? Can I cuss? Hell no. Are you planning to support Liz Cheney? Absolutely not. What are your thoughts about Liz Cheney running for a fourth term? Um, personally, I think she's had four, three too many. Keep in mind, in 2020, Donald Trump won about 70% of the vote in Wyoming. So Liz Cheney's work on the January 6th investigation isn't playing so well with many Wyoming voters. She's done us dirty. How so? Oh, God. Look at how she's done Trump. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Trump fan. I'm sorry. So she lost your vote because of her role on the January 6th committee and what she's yes. doing about Trump? Yes. She's supposed to be supporting him. She's a Republican, for crying out loud. I no, she's not a Republican. She's a rhino. find her work on the January 6th committee just repulsed that. How do you feel about her work on the January 6th committee and her role? It's all a hoax. It's all propaganda. has nothing to do with anything. It's a witch hunt. 
Well, she says she's defending what's important to people here. No, if it were a witch hunt, Liz Cheney would go into the bathroom, look in the mirror and go, oh, crap, I found her. Here in Wyoming, uh, upholding the rule of law, defending the Constitution. If that was the rule of law. Why doesn't he have a defense team in that courtroom? Oh, there you go. So apparently having a big highfalutin ABC producer hasn't uh, hasn't bode well for the January 6th committee. Uh, on the way, Gordon Cheng to talk about uh, Nancy Pelosi possibly going to Taiwan. Don't go anywhere. It is a Rob Carson show, Monday edition. I can think of no better guest with regard to the discussion of uh, our uh, working relationship with China than Gordon Chang. He is an author. He is a columnist. He is a lawyer. He authored a book called The Coming Collapse of China. Uh, and he joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. Long time no here, my friend. How have you been? Uh-oh, I think we got a little problem with the phone. Let's try it again here. Get it to... Uh... Are you there, sir? Gordon Chang, are you there? All right, we've got a, f- a problem with the phone call. I'll let my producer hang up and call him again real quick. Uh, these kind of things happen when you do live radio. There's no doubting that this is live radio. So I'll listen to uh, Brian in my ear. <clears throat> Talked about uh, Gordon Chang getting it back on the line. Uh, there are a lot of things going on with regard to China. Um, certainly, uh, Joe Biden has um, been compromised by uh, Chinese money. Uh, and certainly we are now, you know, discussing the possibility of uh, a military conflict with China. That's what I'd like to uh, talk to um, to Mr. Chang about here in a second. How's that coming? Are we uh, getting them on the line? If we are not, then I will move on to uh, something else in the meantime. Uh, if uh, we can't get this uh, phone call connected to uh, Gordon Chang. So we're waiting here real quick. Uh, let's move on. Just real quick, while we, we were just talking about uh, what's going on in uh, states as far as uh, primaries are concerned, Kerry uh, Lake's running tomorrow in Arizona for uh, the um, governorship of the state of Arizona. And her, well, the thing is, it's, I guess, oh, we got it back. Okay, let's go to Gordon, uh, Gordon Chang on the Newsmax hotline. I know he's on the ro- uh, road this morning. That's why we're having the issues this morning. Gordon Chang, welcome back. Are you there, sir? I am here, Rob, and thank you so much. Very good. Where are you this morning, my friend? We are in Alabama, just a few miles north of the Florida line. We're headed to Herbert Field, which is an Air Force base, um, which is in the Panhandle in Florida. Okay. And um, you caught me in just outside a national forest where there apparently are no cell phone towers. But anyway, <laughs> we're okay. All right. Well, let's talk, I guess, obviously, the, the first thing this morning, the possibility of Nancy Pelosi flying to Taiwan. Uh, the Chinese government has said that they will essentially shoot her down. Um, what uh, You've had a chance to ruminate on this over the weekend. You are closer to this than anybody I know. What's the possibility? Why are we in this situation? Well, we're in this situation because deterrence has broken down. The Chinese saw the calamitous withdrawal from Afghanistan and the failure to deter uh, Russia from invading Ukraine, despite our overwhelming power over Russia. And so the Chinese think that they can do what they want. And so this is an issue of uh, failure of credibility, basically. Now, um, I'm very happy that the speaker is going to Taiwan from all accounts. 
Um, she's showing that she's not afraid of the Chinese, although President Biden seems to be intimidated by his counterpart, Xi Jinping. Well, he had a two-hour conversation last week where he essentially read Joe Biden the uh, the riot act, and as so many other ways, we uh, we were served in indignity. Uh, and this being a weakness on the world stage, uh, how do you suppose that conversation would have gone if if Donald Trump were on the other end of the phone? I don't think the Chinese would have been so bold. If you look at the Chinese Foreign Ministry readout of the call. Xi Jinping essentially threatened the life of President Biden. And if I were Biden and I heard someone make a threat like that, I'd be hanging up the phone. I mean, I don't care if Biden doesn't care about his own life. They should care about protecting the lives of Americans. And he let us down on that Thursday phone call when the Chinese made that threat. Yeah. Well, what is the possibility of a, a military conflict with China? at this point it is not insubstantial Um, and there are no um, safe options right now and i think the least safe option would be for what biden apparently wanted to do which is to give into the threats of the chinese because if speaker pelosi didn't go to taiwan she would be emboldening and legitimizing the worst elements in the chinese political system by showing everybody else against the united states work And then we would be in a horrible pandemic. Um, So right now, this is exceedingly dangerous. Americans should be prepared that we will lose people, that we will be at war. Um, I don't think it'll get to that. But nonetheless, the Chinese can take us by surprise. Yeah. And there are many ways that if you if anyone is paying attention, you will see what the Chinese government is doing to weaken us to uh, establish uh, footholds in the United States, buying up farmland, frequently some of this farm farmland near uh, uh military bases in the United States. Um we have seen um uh, a variety of other ways that uh, China is becoming embedded in the United States. They are essentially making us we are essentially becoming dependent on China for our energy grid with this investment in green energy, which is clearly uh, a, uh, a, a giant investment in, uh, in solar, which is exclusively, uh, along with windmills and battery power, exclusively a product almost of China. So uh, the more we become uh, less dependent on oil, or at least we, we don't look at our own resources, we become more dependent on China. I, I guess if this were going to happen, um, this would be a time when China is in ascending power. They haven't reached their zenith yet, but they certainly are attempting to get there. Would you, would you uh, agree? Yeah, I, I agree with, with that. Um, I think the one of the reasons why the Chinese are so aggressive, they make this, you know, they don't respect the United States, they don't respect Biden. But also I think that Xi Jinping has a number of domestic crises right now. And I, I believe he wants to divert the attention of the Chinese people from policy mistakes that he personally has made. Yeah. So for instance, you have the debt crisis, the mortgage boycott, the bank runs, the list just goes on and on. And um, so I think that China is just out of the shop. It is a product of weakness. 
Yeah. Well, I've seen the uh, the bank protests there where people are not able to uh, to get their money out of their accounts. And uh, consequently, uh, the Chinese Communist Party has sent uh, tanks into some of the afflicted cities. Uh, I also noticed a lot of people don't notice we uh, we had a nominee as comptroller of the currency who was uh, who was not uh, voted in as comptroller of the current concert currency. She is a Chinese expat and a big supporter of communist China. Uh, they were going going to try to move the United States in the direction of communist China with regard to getting rid of private banking in this country. Uh, is that what you saw with her nomination and, and what we are seeing in China with regard to banking was essentially kind of the dream of what Joe Biden wanted to, wanted to sneak in when we weren't paying attention? Yes. I mean, her nomination was... Um just outrageous. Um, but, you know, in general, um, when, and going back to uh, your excellent point about solar panels, we've, we've got to remember that most of our solar panels are made in China and that every solar panel made in China is made with forced or slave labor of racial minorities, the Uyghurs and the Kazakhs and other Turkic uh, peoples. So, um, you know, Biden talks about how he wants to support the American worker. But his decisions are those that support the worst labor practices in the world. They support the Chinese workers. And he's done about almost everything he possibly can to make sure that American manufacturing cannot compete with slave labor. As far as the possibility of a, uh, of a of an armed conflict, and I bring this back because it is the story of the day. Nancy Pelosi uh, going to Singapore has plans on going to Taiwan. Uh, this morning, uh, the Chinese military is putting all sorts of viral <clears throat> videos up about the possibility of a conflict. If uh, if uh, if Donald Trump were the president and Nancy Pelosi were going over there, and Nancy Pelosi went on and landed in Taiwan, I would have absolute confidence that China would not try to take this a step further if Donald Trump were in office. But I have a feeling if Joe Biden gives them the middle finger by flying Nancy Pelosi into Taiwan, that China's going to break off that middle finger in some way, shape, or form. What's the best case scenario? What's the worst case scenario in your mind? Yes, I, the best case scenario is that the Chinese back down um, and that she goes to she goes to Taiwan and they back out. Um, the worst case scenario is the Third World War, war which oh, is entirely possible. We've got war in Eastern Europe, which could easily spread across the Eurasian landmass into North Africa. Um, the world right now is at a very dangerous point. It's almost like 1937, um, maybe even 1939. So um, Americans don't realize the danger. Um, we wow. sort of live in our um, own world. We don't think that what we do has consequences. But, uh, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, you go through um, our pr uh, prior history. They would not take on Trump. They wouldn't take on Trump for a number of reasons. No. But they feel comfortable enough with going after Biden. And, and if, in fact, China does decide to, force Nancy Pelosi's plane to the ground, shoot it down, escort it in for landing or something like that, I, I would assume this would be kind of a uh, signal to the rest of the world. Uh, if you've ever wanted to take advantage of America's weakness, this would be the time to do it. Yes, uh, and, and that's the reason why war can spread so fast across the world. 
Um, the, the Chinese, you know, for us Americans and for me included, it just seemed conceivable that they'd shoot down our plane. Yeah. But we've got to remember that the Chinese look at the world very differently than we do at this moment. And we're not comprehending um, all of the, the way that they calculate their interests. And part of it is because the Chinese political system has become less transparent. It's now at a very politically sensitive time in the run-up to the 20th National Congress. Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, is, I think, personally at risk. And so, therefore, he has a very low threshold. He can actually do things that will take us by surprise, Rob. So yeah, yeah. it is extraordinarily dangerous right now. And we Americans ought to understand that. And we ought to understand that it took about a decade of really bad policy. When you start from George H.W. Bush, uh, you go through Clinton, George W. Bush, Obama. There were some really bad China policies. Uh, Trump reversed some of it, but not all of the bad policies. And the Biden has gone back to the worst aspects of it. You know, we have Henry Kissinger basically running foreign policy, it seems, and he's not doing that in our interests. Yeah. You know, a lot of people would see uh, China as a paper tiger, but one of the most emboldening things that a, uh, a government can do is go to war to rally uh, the support of the country, uh, to rally patriotism within the country. Uh, you know, the United States was kind of uh, seen as that in uh, before World War II when, uh, when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor and they found out the opposite to be true. We are kind of looking at, uh, some people are looking at China as, and, and I know you have, you've seen the weaknesses of uh, the communist Chinese, uh, what they've done with uh, the banking system and and uh, some uh, but but it appears that possibly I would say Xi Jinping might look to a military conflict as a source of strength for keeping his butt in the chair and making yeah. Chinese stronger on the world stage. Yeah, I've, if you have little to lose, then um, you take wow. risks which um, your adversaries don't think that you will take, and and that's exactly where I think we are with Xi Jinping right now. Um, so we have. The confluence of two things, disrespect for the U.S., yeah. plus internal crises inside China. Yeah. And that is a very toxic brew. All right. Well, Gordon Chang, I appreciate you finding the time for us this morning. There's nobody who I would rather hear or or see uh, with regard to uh, China policy and, and what's coming. And hopefully that, uh, you know, something uh, in the in the form of some sort of a military conflict is not going to be a part of it. Uh, Gordon Chang, where can people find you on social media? I know you're on uh, on Twitter, among other places. Uh, Twitter at Gordon G. Chang, G-O-R-D-O-N-G-C-H-A-N-G. And I archive all of my articles for free at my website, www.gordonchang.com. All right, my friend. Safe travels. God bless you. And thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Biden's first year in office summed up in three words. Welcome back, Carter. That's not right. It's not fair to us. And honestly, it's not fair to the world. It's the Rob Carson Show. I want to thank uh, Gordon Chang for coming on the show today. Of all the things, right, of all the things you got to worry about on top of everything else, now we've got China literally telling our president, dressing down our president last week on the phone, and saying that if Nancy Pelosi dares to land in Taiwan, uh, that we'll be met with fire and fury. Uh, this is what happens when you broadcast weakness. And this is where you and I have to sit here and go, God, come on. 
We can do better than this. We can do better than this. And, and I got to tell you guys, I don't see how the country makes it to 2024 if we follow this trajectory. We won't make it. Something has got to give. Something in the country has got to give. Right now, that thing is coming in November. That's where we have to change the trajectory of the country. Existential crisis. Yeah, that's where we are. And we are in the process right now with uh, this president who is bought and paid for by the communist Chinese and by Russia and Ukraine. That's a situation we're in. We are broadcasting weakness, and and we are telling the world that uh, you can take advantage of the United States right now at our weakest point. But we do have elections. We do have uh, tomorrow uh, a bunch of primaries that are pretty big. Uh, Kerry Lake running for governor and Blake Masters are uh, running for U.S. Senate. Kerry Lake is running for governor, of course. Uh, and they've got commanding leads in polls just days before the uh, primaries. It's a positive. That's, that's a positive. Kerry now holds a double-digit lead, 51, to uh, Karen Taylor Robinson, 33. Lake captured 75% of... Uh, of uh, Trump supporters, by the way. Trump supporters, 75% to support Carrie Lake. Now, Carrie Lake, her big uh, platforms are Southern Border Security and 2020 election. Stolen. Yeah, I know. That was verboten. You're not supposed to be able to talk about that, according to the mainstream media, big social media, and the Democrat Party. But people are saying, yeah, if she is elected, that's going to be gigantic. Because in Arizona, they're going to find the truth of what happened in 2020, and that's going to spread across the country. And then as that happens, everyone who ever thought there, there was any kind of chicanery in the election were told, shut up, sit down, you are spreading misinformation or disinformation. Well, that's when Democrats' worst nightmares come true. I believe that. We've seen it with Hillary Clinton and the uh, Russia collusion hoax. We now know it was her. It wasn't Donald Trump. We know that Hunter Biden's laptop was absolutely real. We also know that the FBI covered up all the negative coming out of that laptop, which could have affected the election. But fortunately, the Democrats did such a good job of stealing it. They didn't need that. All of this stuff. This happening tomorrow, if she's the candidate, and then in November, with both houses turning and possible governorship in Arizona, Carrie Lake, Doug Mastriano, Pennsylvania, Dan Cox in, in Maryland, and, of course, Ron DeSantis in Florida. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So we will see. As far as uh, China is concerned and Nancy Pelosi is concerned, keep your fingers crossed and hope that we can make it to a safer place even though we have a president who is obviously infirmed and a Democrat party who hates America. Doesn't bode well for our strength in the world. Let's take a break, come back and wrap things up, shall we? It's the Rob Carson Show. All right, guys, about time for me to wrap the show up today. I hope you don't mind the hoarseness of the voice. Got the uh, allergy thing going, but uh, 
I will be back tomorrow with a full slated show. Tomorrow is a big uh, primary day in America in several states and things. I was mentioning, uh, obviously, Arizona, Kansas, where I live. Those are those are big deals. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. We will see if the Trump march to victory continues. I didn't get a chance to um, get to the uh, <clears throat> the sexual uh, psychosexual assault of women happening around the world. Uh, a major gender transition clinic in Great Britain has now done some research. They shut it down. And they're realizing that uh, they've been mutilating children. Uh, that's going to come here, and pediatricians who have been down with it are going to be held criminally responsible and uh, liable for it. It's all going to it's all going to hit the wall soon. Guys, have a glorious day. Uh, God bless our military, our first responders, and you. And until tomorrow, don't catch the stupid. See ya.